Hey, welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome into Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. I'm the host of this podcast. You can follow uh, the other folks here uh, of the CHGO White Sox crew uh, at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer, uh, and that's Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Eckenroll23. I don't know why I'm out of sorts today. Uh, he's our CHGO White Sox community leader. Was all excited to do the show, uh, and now I feel a little bit flustered here because uh, I brought up the idea, or not the idea, but uh, I was, you know, heading before the show, uh, saw the now staff announcements for the development side uh, for the White Sox. And I brought up Kenny Williams' son being a part of it and, and nepotism. Uh, and then we had a little discussion on Alex Thomas. And now I, I'm confused just because uh, there was some quotes from Alan Thomas himself uh, just in 2022 uh, about the White Sox. So hold on, let me reset real quick. <laughs> We're going to be jumping in and giving you an update about the White Sox and their minor league staff. Uh, some people have gotten promoted. Uh, they've promoted minor league managers. Uh, Vinny also got a chance to talk to Chris Getz himself. Uh, then we'll be talking about some starting pitchers, the current free agent uh, list of starting pitchers, who's out there, who the Sox could add possibly to add to the rotation or to spring training camp. Uh, and then, you know, we'll wrap it up and have a nice little day. Um, Let's first go to the managerial stuff, right? Because I think that's the easiest stuff, and that's the stuff I have uh, more down. Uh, basically, everyone got moved up a level. Everyone, right? everyone went station to station, <laughs> David Bowie style. <laughs> Very great album. Uh, so, new Charlotte Knights manager will be Justin Jersley. Yep. Yep. Um, then the new Double A manager. I'm now blanking on all the names. Birmingham, that's fine. Uh, Birmingham. Uh, no, but I'm blanking on the oh, names of the Lorenzo people. Bundy. Lorenzo Bundy. Yes. Um, who I checked out on LinkedIn. Uh, you did. Very uh, active LinkedIn user has liked a lot of posts. Has shared some posts. Uh, no profile picture though, um, which I find very odd. Uh, you know, talks about his 39 years in baseball. Talks about how he's uh, bilingual, speaks both Spanish and English, uh, but can't be bothered to upload a profile picture. I mean, you're doing it, you know, he's about got, 95%, Lorenzo. He's not, got he a does. job, Sean. Hey, he, doesn't you know? need, he doesn't need that LinkedIn uh, to, to coax anything, any offers out of anybody else. It's not uh, a dating site, Sean. It's not. <laughs> Doesn't need to see him. Uh, and then uh, Guillermo Quirizo? Guillermo Quiros. Quiros. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Uh, is now the new he's manager. He's an MVP 05, Herb. Is he? Is he? Oh, yeah, for oh, sure. Yeah. You yeah. know that, Steve? Blue Jays head, I what think. What's big Blue Jays? Yeah, Blue Jays head, I think. Mercy. Oh, with oh, yeah. the nice uh, Carlos Delgados, the vest jerseys? Mm, love those jerseys. That's a, that's, on my, that's on my bad. He played until 2014. Yeah. That's pretty impressive. All right. Uh, he's now the uh, new double A or uh, Class A manager for, in Winston-Salem. Uh, and then Patrick Leland is now the Class A manager in Kannapolis. And I saw that you posted from the CHGO White Sox Twitter account, our guy, former Marquette guy? coach, former Indiana head coach, former Georgia head coach, Tom Crean. Yeah. Giving CHGO White Sox a shout out. Nice. I've seen this a couple times where people mistaken our Twitter, CHGO White Sox, CHGO underscore White Sox, for the actual White Sox team. And so Tom Crean did that yesterday, giving credit to what Patrick Leland for yep. his uh, promotion there. And I was like, hey, man. Anytime you're ready to come on the show and we could talk about your bad coaching career, especially at <laughs> Indiana. Um, but also, he's a big-time fan. And, you know, he is the brother-in-law of both of the Harbaugh's. I did not know that. Yeah. That's a... 
he married the sister. Oh, one of the sisters. I believe he was a uh, guest at uh, White Sox spring training within the last few years. A guest of Tony Larusa, I believe. Really? Yeah. Tom, Tom Crean and Tony Larusa are friends. I mean, well, Tony Larusa and Jim Leland are oh, um, uh, okay. amazing right. friends, well, then, and so right. there well, you then, go. That makes sense. Okay, and then that makes more sense why John Morosi is tweeting about Patrick Jim Leland still with us, right? Yeah, I believe so after all that years, that's like um, George Burns. All those years of smoking, he's like, I'm. St- he was like 50 years old every time I saw him, and in the picture, he was actually only 35. He right. looked like he was 50. Well, there's all those. Pe- there's someone sh- shared a photo and was like, "This is my dad at 42," and it's like, you know, this man who's like all grayed out looks like he's 75, and it's like, yeah, because he was smoking every day, and um, he's still with us. That's good on him, man. Uh, yeah, Jim- he's got those Keith Richards jeans. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, Mixta looks great, uh, too. Skinny. Uh, looks on, very on TikTok, skinny. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, there was a photo I saw, and it was like, uh, it was a picture of Jim Leland smoking, and it was like, this was from 2009. Uh, what else from, you know, the past, like, decade or 10 years or whatever, not 10 years, uh, is is now, now banned in Smoking in, in the dugout. Yeah, smoking yeah, in the dugout. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Jim Leland in his Detroit Tigers, Old English, uh, white uniform, uh, just ripping a heater. Uh, like, what else in MLB has now been banned? The shift? The shift in cigarettes. Theoretically, the Chicago, the city, banned doing chewing tobacco. But the White Sox did not tell get that Jose, memo. Yeah, tell Jose yeah, Abreu that. There's a sign-up in the dugout that they put up uh, in 2020 during the pandemic year that says, no spitting. With a with a person like a person like a profile of a person <laughs> and little globs Ew. heading out from the mouth like but it looks like it's like in a it's not an actual picture it's like a Cartoon. like a uh, like a bathroom sign yeah. like a men's or a women's silhouette. restroom sign Ugh. and it's that they made one of someone spitting stuff and with a big red circle with a line through it and uh, the floor of the dugout is just covered in spit all the time I bet yeah <laughs> gross uh, mm. and and I, I hope none of those men and yeah, they're wearing cleats but none of those men wear those house, shoes into their house I mean that's just just picturing walking around that floor and then you know yeah people it's, wear their house and their shoes and that that, that bugs me it's that's gross not baseball it's gross there there is something there every once in a while I'll slip back into this this point that I bring up which is that's that's a workplace and it's allowed to just be covered in people's spit. Imagine if we just spit all over the floor in here. And it's not you'd just... Be like, you'd be, like, asked to leave. Right. I mean, we made a big <laughs> deal about Carm accidentally stepping in dog shit. Like, that was an accident. I yeah. mean, people are purposely spitting. Yeah. I mean, it's not just a work... And like you said, it's not just a workplace for them. It's a workplace for you. And you're like, man... And you're talking about people wearing those shoes home. Vinny's got to wear his shoes to the crib. And so we're in the clubhouse, your dugout. You see some a bunch of right. chaw on the ground. You're like, ah, I'm, I'm not looking at the ground. I'm trying to look for the person I'm about to interview. But I just stepped in somebody's chaw. Worst, worst time I ever saw it was after a game. Uh, I, I went out for some reason through the dugout, and it had poured rain. So... Like, between the end of the game and when I went out there, it had just torrentially downpoured. And it had not gotten around to cleaning it for the evening. And so it was just a gross spit soup on the ground. (laughs) Vinny, do you just, like, tiptoe around it, or is there so much that you're just going to step in it either way? It depends. There are areas, obviously, where the players sit versus where maybe the coaches sit. And there, you know, obviously there are coaches who use that those products as well, but some some of them do not. And so... One end of the dugout might be cleaner than the other, but yeah, it's pretty omnipresent. Um, now I lost my thought. Oh no, <laughs> brutal. Um, I got distracted by the Royals uh, signing infielders and Mike Massey. Um, oh, uh, spit soup. 
you 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 coined the term spit soup. Uh, I gross want the, spit soup. Gross spit soup. Yeah. I want the tattoo guy to come back and give me a spit soup tattoo. That's the name of our new punk band. Just, Ooh, yeah. yeah. Nobody takes it. We, oh, I love the it. spit soup thing. Yeah. Oh, this is this is good. Uh, Jordan got me all excited because he said Royal signing infielders uh, Massey to the Sox incoming. I mean, talk about just you know my dream come true. I mean, if we get the local guy. The guy from my high school, I mean, I, I was walking the halls with him, and then he becomes a White Sox. I mean, if Michael Massey becomes a White Sox, I mean, I will be, hey. if you already find me annoying, boy. It w- it worked out so well when they had Mark Payton, so. <laughs> <laughs> he, hey, again, he was one of those, like, what, eight players that was projected to have a weighted runs created plus over 800, or uh, 100 He'll be having Sox. it for, what, the Rhinos or something out in uh, Japan. In Korea. Isn't he going Korea or something like that? Was it Korea? I thought it was Japan. I don't know. Let's is he on the Hiroshima Carp? I don't know. I, the, my my issue favorite is, Japanese team name, far and away. I can never... Carp! He is on the Lions. <laughs> the Cebu Lions. Yes. Yes, the there Cebu Lions. Are they Korean? Or are they? I think that might be That's Japanese. Japanese. Yeah. Japanese. Mm-hmm. Okay. Good to see uh, Ra CHGO back. It's always good to see my man. I saw him live. That's uh, Richard Hogue. Oh, yeah. Adam Stack. Yes. <laughs> Shout out. Um, <laughs> very cool. Uh, and, uh, yeah, that is uh, the Japan League. So Mark Payton going to go tear it up. Um, let's get into some of the – well, we got into the promotions already, the the, the four there. Um, anything else? I mean, I did see Nicky uh, Delmonico is now a, a pitching coach – a uh, hitting coach at Birmingham. Danny Farquhar, a uh, pitching coach at Birmingham as well. Uh, yep. It seems like Birmingham's pretty pretty solid. I mean, any other news? Need, they, let's see. Who else do they need on that team? They need Daniel Daniel Polka on that team. Yes. Maybe get Trace Thompson over part of that <laughs> uh, that uh, uh, that coaching staff over there. Yomer the, Sanchez. The, yeah, the rebuild the rebuild years all stars can uh, can can coach him up a, down at Double A. Adrismer Despagne. Yeah, there you go. Bruce da- Rondone. Oh, I think God, Daniel Polka's oh, still doing well in the the Mets organization. So not yet. Always oh, just still trying to play baseball. Which yeah. Is admirable. I would still try to play baseball as long as I could, too. But yeah, he'll be back with the White Sox as soon as he retires. I mean, should we have a conversation if he's better than Gavin Sheets? I mean... No, but he did have a spectacular year where everybody was thinking, maybe he's an option out there in right field. We needed the the left-handed power that he gave us that one year, and then it never returned, which, you know, flash in the pans happened for the White Sox, especially. We had that with, uh, was that, the quarterback turned third baseman, Josh Fields, Oh, yeah. Remember that year he hit 25 home runs. We're like, All right, we got our new Creedy. Here we go. Hey. <laughs> Didn't work out. Jordan Danks. I remember he hit that one home run. That was great to see. Daniel Polk with 26 home runs in uh, Syracuse last year. Let's 850 go. OPS in 109 games. Uh, anyways, uh, let's. We won't that Mets team, though. Get Maybe in. come back for the White Sox, though. Hey. Hey, all they need to do is find Matt Davidson. They can have oh, both a hitting coach and a pitching coach in one. Speaking <laughs> of, he went to. An Asian League too. I don't know the Japanese oh. or Korean League. I just saw on his profile he was signing a a deal, and then all the lettering was in some foreign wow. type. I could yes. not. Sean is shocked. I, yes. Is he on the Cebu Lions? No. Is he on the Hiroshima Carp? He's on the Carp. Nice. <laughs> love the I just carp. got excited because he's on the team. Gotta love the Carp. There you oh, go. Matt it, what a team name. They list him as an infielder, but do you think he'll pitch? Oh, all they the look time. Like, and, and I like that they have the Reds logo. Yeah, they have a classic C for carp on their hats, but there was some shirt I found once that was like a picture of a fish with a baseball, and I was like, Was he like fighting? No, it was was like like a... Dukes up? No, it wasn't a cartoon (laughs) fish. It was just a fish, but it looked cool. Like the Hellcats? Yeah. Hellfish. Hellfish. Hellfish, Hellfish. there it is. That should be their logo. Absolutely. (laughs) From Simpsons, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, Final thing with the uh, new promotions. Uh, The player development staff thing that I saw. So Chris Getz is the assistant general manager slash player development. Uh, Kathy Patowski? 
Potoski, uh, Director of Minor League Operations, uh, Grant Haribo, uh, Assistant Director of Baseball Operations, Grant Flick, Jack Larimer, Aaron Santana, Luis Silvero, uh, CJ Gethart. None of these names probably ring bells, but uh, Kenny Williams uh, Jr. does stick out. Uh, assistant player, uh, assistant director of uh, player development. It only sticks out, too, because of the idea that I thought Alec Thomas was not drafted because the White Sox had some rule that they weren't going to be drafting uh, you know, players who are relatives of the team. I, I, I was always under that assumption, but you think differently or you heard differently? I, I mean, um, I don't know how that played out. I will, I will say this, though, that like, that Kenny Williams Jr. has been around for a while. We've seen him at spring training and 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 at the ballpark, and been able to see him, uh, uh, you know, for a few years, uh, getting getting his chops uh, there cut in the in the front office as well. So, um, you know, uh, Kenny people can say what they want about uh, about Kenny Williams Sr., but uh, he 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 knows what he's doing when it comes to uh, um, evaluating talent uh, in 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 certain areas. Obviously, he's got some famous uh, draft picks that didn't go so well, but uh, he's been a part of a lot of the decisions that have gone really well for the White Sox and landed them some some big name players as well. So. The most successful general manager in White Sox history, for my liking. I know people would say Himes or maybe Ron Schuler, but no, I, I love Kenny Williams. He brought home the championship. You know, his latest uh, job where he's executive VP of baseball operations not, hasn't gone as well as his general managership, but, you know, his son, uh, it's part of his nepotism, which is fine. If he's doing the job well and he's getting promoted, he must be doing it well enough. So they once drafted uh, Ron Schuler's granddaughter, I believe. Right. Well, and that's why, you know, when they didn't draft Alex Thomas and, you know, or when they didn't give him consideration, uh, it just, you know, it, can always it was come odd. Back. It was odd. Yeah. And he can always come back. The Diamondbacks have a ton of left-handed outfielders. Um, Alan Thomas was on the score uh, inside the clubhouse this past year, and he said the Sox informed – uh, his dad, I think this is Alex Thomas, was on the score, and he said the Sox informed his dad, Alan Thomas, before the draft that they were changing club policy and not drafting family members anymore. Uh, we drafted Steel Walker ahead of him and ended up trading Nomar Mazzara, who we non-tendered. Uh, just, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I just, seeing Kenny Williams getting promoted, it's like, okay, I don't know. I mean, like, why do we have this rule? Or, or is this an actual rule? I, you know, I don't know. Because Alec Thomas is a good ball player. Yeah. He's like, that really the reason why he was taken off your board? In theory, that's a great rule to have because of all the, you know, things that they did with draft picks that they knew were just people there just trying to appease, like Ozzy with his son and then other people in the organization. But when you see Alec Thomas play right down the street in Mount Carmel, it's not just like, hey, we're doing a favor for Alan Thomas. Hey, that man can hit. That man is a player player. So why don't we break our rule and maybe see what he can do. And if we, at the end of the day, think that Steel Walker is a better option, let's go with Steel Walker. But I don't like that rule in general because we see all the time the best players or some of the best players are offspring of professional baseball players. The top of the league. Mike Trout, his dad played in the minor leagues. Chris Bryant, his dad played in the minor leagues. We see the whole Toronto Blue Jays roster is all sons of former major league players. So if you're going to have Roberts a junior. Yeah, if you're going to have all these rules like that, I would that would not be my rule because you're going to get some of the best talent you're going to pass up just because ha- that their dad happened to play for your team, which I would not have that rule going forward. Because yeah. I'm sure that we, we're drafting Juan Uribe's kid, or we're not drafting. Right. We're get, picking him international money, so that might be a little bit different. So He's not an employee. Like, if Joe Creedy has a kid, I'm sure we're going to be drafting him because he's probably got some good uh, defensive skills out there. Aaron Rowan's kid. Lil Creedy? Oh, man. 
probably can glove it right now. Little Creed's? Mark Burley's Mark is Burley's not going to have a, a rubber band arm left-hander that he's, you know, 5'10", throws 88. All his kids are just... Get the ball, throw it. Get right. the ball, throw it. You think he teaches the kids how to do the between the, the between the legs scoop play? He's like, kids, you don't have the athleticism like me. Sorry. <laughs> Mark Burley, athlete. Which is weird. His body doesn't look like it, but that man can field it with the best of them. Yeah. Uh, let's take a quick break, and uh, we'll get into some of the free agents uh, that are out there for the starting pitchers. We got some uh, sound from Chris Getz as well. Vinny spoke to Chris Getz about all the promotions that happened today uh, and some of the uh, minor leaguers that we might see in 2023, or at least minor leaguers that were minor leaguers in 2022. And just uh, like Hoosier Daddy said, make it a philosophy, not a rule. Good job, Hoosier Daddy. I agree. Uh, let's take a quick break, let you know about FOCO. Chicago, you've already got the best coverage for your favorite team, so get fitted in the best sports gear around. FOCO has you covered from Soldier Field to the living room, north or south side, with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like DeMar with apparel from the leaders in sports merch and collectibles. FOCO, if you're looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life, FOCO's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. So check out FOCO.com or click the link in the description below. For all non presale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. I'm not going to tell you who... But I do know that Foco has a bobblehead of one of the starting pitchers that we're going to talk about in the next segment. So it's a little tease for you right there. I mean, this is this is a guy that's bobblehead worthy. Um, so that's your little tease. And uh, when you are checking out, again, use code CHGO at checkout. Also got to let you know about Game Time. Game Time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on the tickets to sports, concerts, and events you never thought you could attend. If you want seats at the 50-yard line, behind home plate, courtside, uh, fuller seats at a concert, it is possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the Game Time app. Next game for the Blackhawks in the city will be February 7th. Uh, I'm not sure if there's an all-star break going on. I think there is. Uh, yeah, bye week going up for the Blackhawks, so uh, no game uh, coming up for them. But the Bulls are in town tonight. They got the Clippers, so you won't find a better deal this season on Bulls tickets created by the fans for the fans. Game time guarantees the lowest price. If you love CHGO, then you'll love game time. Game time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets to the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the game time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. All right, um, the Mike Clevenger thing. Uh, he is currently under... Uh, investigation by the MLB under the joint domestic violence, uh, sexual assault, and child abuse policy between the MLB and the MLBPA. Uh, we're not sure what's going to happen with that situation. It's in the MLB's hands. I feel frustrated as a fan of the MLB uh, that it takes this slow. We know from the athletics reporting that, uh, you know, this investigation has been open since June, and as you know, recent as today, I think Olivia Feinstead, the uh, former ex of Mike Clevenger, has still been active on Instagram. Uh, if you do want to follow her, uh, she is still sharing uh, posts about uh, what she has gone through uh, and the allegations that are facing Mike Clevenger. Uh, besides the point, it seems like the White Sox still need to fill that role. I would assume Mike Clevenger will be suspended in some capacity. Not sure. I'm not sure if Mike Clevenger will be a White Sox. Uh, it just seems very like there's a, a it's unsolved at this moment. So I don't think it's unlikely that they would sign another starting pitcher. I think either way, with even if he's not or if he is suspended, you need to go and get some more pitching depth. It's never a bad thing to go and get more pitching depth. And this person that they sign can be on the team with a minor league deal because we're late into the into the season right now where people are pretty much all signed. The teams are set. So if you do sign a starting pitcher. I would say not to major league money. If they're uh, if they're fine with that, 
you can either sign them to a major league deal if they make the team, if Mike Clevenger is to be suspended or not play for the White Sox. We don't know. You need more depth because only having right now, like even if you include Mike Clevenger, like six pitchers with Davis Martin included on there. I don't know if you're going to put other pitchers in there like Garrett Crochet and other people, but six pitchers, four major league staff, not in a lot. And nobody coming up the pike where you're like, okay, if this guy doesn't pitch, we still have this guy. That's, you know, the Houston Astros had that good problem where like, oh, Justin Verlander's gone? Cool. We'll just promote some of our 18 million pitches we down, have down here in the minor leagues, and we'll be fine. So, yeah, I think no matter what the Mike Clevenger situation, independent of that, you need to sign another starting pitcher who can give you innings. And some of these people on this list that we're going to share, I think can give you quality innings for the White Sox in 2023. Yeah, I totally agree with Herb in that – independent of what's going on with Mike Clevenger, this is probably a show that we would be having because I think that this is a uh, not necessarily a screaming need for this team, but certainly something that would benefit them would be to have guys that they can call their numbers six, seven, eight, nine starters. Uh, you know, we saw last year when Lance Lynn went down, some guy that they had signed to a minor league deal that they just took a flyer on, was able to step in and have one of the best seasons of their starting pitching staff, and that's Johnny Cueto. You're going to have some guys that we're going to talk about who are who could be this year's Johnny Cueto for the White Sox or, or, or any other team that might pick him up. Um, we can't assume anything with, with Clevenger and what, what's going to happen with him. Obviously, it's in the league's hands right now. People can point to a potential precedent in what happened with Trevor Bauer and what the, what the league did in placing him on administrative leave, uh, but those are independent situations. Those are their own uh, investigations, and the league will decide what they believe is necessary um, either as their investigation progresses or – if it concludes before the beginning of the season or shortly after the beginning of the season. So uh, it is uh, a situation that is going to impact the White Sox, you would imagine, but we have no idea how. So right now, it's just important to talk about the White Sox having more than just five starting pitchers, mm -hmm. and that's, I think, a great way to, to frame this conversation, even though there is this mystery out there of, do they have five starting pitchers, or is there somebody uh, else that needs to fill a spot down the road that we don't know, but we can talk about the, yeah. the, the, what we do know, which is they do need depth and they could use it. Absolutely. Um, the list that we're going to show you that we made, uh, it features 10 pitchers, uh, and they're all currently listed on MLB.com. It's a free agent kind of big board. Um, so it's just the ones that they have listed. Uh, there is also Carlos Martinez who is listed, but uh, September 1st, 2022, uh, he was suspended 85 games for violating uh, the joint domestic violence, sexual assault, and child abuse policy. So I would doubt that Carlos Martinez would be picked up by the White Sox uh, with them currently have Clevenger under uh, investigation. Uh, so I left Martinez off there. I don't think the White Sox would sign him. So there you go. Uh, here's the list that we do have. Michael Waka, Mike Miner, Mike Fultonavich, uh, Chase Anderson, Michael Pineda, a lot of Michaels, Dallas Keuchel, yikes, Dylan Bundy, Chris Archer, Chad Cool, and Aaron Sanchez. Dallas Keuchel was the guy who has the bobblehead. That was the, the hint right there. That was the tease. Yeah, the that gold the glove. Uh, it's, it's got a gold glove, which is very, very sick. Uh, but what do we make of the... The list in front of us. Boy, what did I say to you when you texted me this list earlier? I said, boy, that sure is a bunch of Johnny Cuetos slash Irvin Santanas. Should we should we make a group? Which ones will be Irvin Santanas and which ones will be Johnny Cuetos? Because no. those turned out differently. They turned out differently, but at the time, they were about the same thing. I Yeah, I felt the same exact way I felt about Johnny Cueto as I felt about Irvin Santana. 
exact same. It's like, this guy's not going to make the team. This guy's not going to do good if he makes the team. He's way past his prime. Wow, was I wrong? Johnny Cueto out there just dealing last year in 2022. And I didn't want him back for the White Sox coming back this year. But, you know, now seeing in, in hindsight, I'm like, yeah, man, Johnny Cueto will be decent with the White Sox. But I, and he wouldn't even get signed for a big-time money like I thought he was going to get broke off. But it's good that he has a job down there in Miami. Maybe if a trade deadline deal needs to be made, we can get Johnny and his horses back up here. I, I mean, I, I think the idea is that, and I always bring up Irvin Santana because it just – that's the other way that the move, that the move could go. Johnny Cueto is one way, uh, and you know they do seem to sign somebody like that every year, and I think most teams do, right? Uh, and I think the White Sox are no exception. You can think of guys who were lower, uh, you know, on the on the on on the echelon than either of those two in a guy you brought up earlier in Odrissim or Despagne. Let's think about someone like Mike Pelfrey who pitched oh. for this team, or or Ross Detweiler who had a role for this team. He's pretty even, good. It wasn't that bad. Even Vince Velasquez last year, even he got a big league deal, but I think he falls into a similar category of a guy who's been hurt, a guy who hasn't had this kind of success that he once had or that you thought he was going to have, so you can get him for cheap and see what he turns into. And, hey, a best-case scenario for any one of those guys, if the White Sox or any team signs him, might be long man in the bullpen, right? But it doesn't doesn't hurt to take those flyers because they usually are just extraordinarily low-risk signings. Uh, sorry to cut you off there, but Ross Detweiler, 26 innings last year with Cincinnati, 4-4-4 ERA. He's a free agent, so maybe we National should National debt, bring maybe, him back. Maybe we, <laughs> maybe we add Ross Detweiler to the, the, the list here. Um, why don't we trim this list before we uh, get into some of the names? Because I see uh, you know, Jordan saying Bundy, Bundy or Waka, uh, Matthew Cortese going Waka as well. Um, I want to go to Joseph Gotti, who brings up Dallas Keuchel is available. He's on the list. Is it a no? Always. That would be... Quite shocking. Are if we he still returned paying to the him already? Side. What's up? Aren't we still paying him? No, that was no. Not there was a, okay. there was an op. Twenty twenty three would have been an option year, if I remember correctly. Yes. Um, so last year was the last guaranteed year of his contract. Yeah. So we're revisiting the option with a different term. Well, it'd be yeah, far yeah. cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So nine now is our list uh, with Dallas Keuchel. I guess it's back to ten with Ross Detweiler. Um, but <laughs> but no Dallas Keuchel. Uh, I I would hate to see him, especially with their defense. I know they want to improve on their defense, but uh, it just didn't seem like he he meshed well with the clubhouse. I don't I don't think. He's I mean, a, when he first came in in 2020, he was exactly who the White Sox needed and more. He was better than I expected. And 2021, when he when they started the season kind of slow, he gave the the like pep talk to the media. I think before he went to the team and then went to the media and said, you know, we're not playing with enough fire. We don't have enough urgency type of thing. I thought that Dallas Keuchel was the right message, uh, the right messenger, and the right message he was sending. But then his play just lacked in 2022, which is you know what happens when you get a little older, a little long in the tooth when you've been pitching so long. So I thought that it was a great signing. I was celebrating when Dallas Keiko got signed in the, uh, was it the winter of 2020, uh, 2019? I just think the deal overall didn't work out, but he had pretty much, what, a year and a half of decent pitching for the White Sox. And that's not what they signed him for. Well, they, we, they signed him more for being a mid to top of the rotation guy. Absolutely. I mean, he was a, what, top five Cy Young finisher his first year with the White Sox. Uh, I think you bring up uh, something very interesting because last year we heard so much how difficult maybe it is to be a leader when you're either not playing at all if you're injured, you know, or how difficult it might be to be a leader when when you're not doing your job and you're not getting your job done on the field. Uh, 
Dallas Keuchel didn't really try to stop. He kind of, you know, being a veteran, he he had been around the block. He believed he knew what he was talking about, and he kept delivering those messages. But uh, I think especially fans, obviously, were sick of hearing them from somebody who was not doing their job and not getting getting the results on the field that they needed to get. So, um, listen, they, they DFA'd him. Uh, in the middle of the season, you usually don't DFA somebody and then say, oh, all right, why don't you come on back for way less? Uh, that usually doesn't work out too well uh, in Major League Baseball. And remember, too, Dallas Keuchel, even though Johnny Cueto was a pretty elite pitcher before he signed a minor league deal, I don't know if Dallas Keuchel is going around, you know, shopping for minor league deals after last year. He was just – I mean, I know he, yeah, he had some last year, but I think he was trying to just keep going. I don't know. I don't know if he he's the kind of guy a, who takes a giant pay cut like that. I don't know. I could see him hanging up the towel, too, if just the right deal doesn't he's, come along. He's made enough money in his career where he can right. just uh, relax and uh, retire comfortably. Hey, and we appreciate other Sean saying only 15 likes. Give the, give these three some likes. We'd appreciate it. Uh, David Kaplan is available. He's a free agent. Um, I don't know if he'd Cap? pitch for the White. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he pitches well enough. I don't think, yeah, I don't think he, you know, but he is a free agent. It's like um, 62, so that'd be really, really bad. One hell of a story, though. Um, Way past his prime. Hoosier Daddy said, uh, I think, uh, can you go up? Someone is cooked. Mike Miner is cooked. Uh, that's the thing with this list. Correct. Uh, most of, if not all of these guys are cooked. Um, yeah, that's I w- why they would, would be getting a minor league deal to and an invite to spring training. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to score. Scratch off Aaron Sanchez from this list. I would say he's cooked. 17 games started since 2020. Chase Anderson, I'm going to cross him off the list. Uh, 16 games started. Uh, maybe they take a real flyer on those guys, but I think those guys are uh, uh, truly cooked. Uh, Dallas Keiko, we know he is cooked as well. Uh, and I'm also going to put uh, Mike Fultonavich on the cooked list just because he's got a fastball. That's uh, one of the highest on this list, at least fastball velocity-wise. Didn't even pitch in the majors last year, so I don't even know if other teams see him as a viable option. I'm not sure if the Fultonavich is going to. It's worth a minor league deal for Mike Fultonavich because of the electric fastball, and maybe he could be fixed. And it's a little minor league deal, so you could put him into the minor league system and see what he does at AAA. I don't think that would be that bad of a deal. Right. I, I, he's probably cooked, but he's. I think he's still young enough. I think he's still like in his early 30s. It'd be a true flyer, though. Not like uh, yeah. this guy could, could be our fifth starter no. for sure. Well, and again, Absolutely too, not. that's the thing is that I, I think people's the way they're looking at this might be completely jumbled up because of what happened with Johnny Cueto last year, right? Like, So there's a world in which Johnny Cueto gets that minor league deal, goes to AAA, and does really bad yeah. and never – Makes joins the big league team, and it's just, hey, there's a flyer that didn't pay off. But also, you can't expect every one of these guys, the expectation can't be, which of these guys is going to be Johnny Cueto? Yeah. Because he was uh, he outperformed at an outrageous level the contract that he was given and the chance that the White Sox took on him. So I think you're looking for probably something in the middle of that, which is somebody who can be surprisingly reliable, right? Or just surprisingly give you some spot starts along the way. Uh, You know, some one of these guys maybe would be willing to take a long man role in the bullpen and then be called upon when needed, as we saw from Vince Velasquez last year a few times. So, um, you know, don't don't look at a list like this and say, oh, no, that one guy is terrible. That one guy is terrible. I think the idea is that all these guys are not very good or coming off of not very good seasons at the very least, uh, it's which of these guys 
is going to be the roll of the dice that nets you a reliable presence, and maybe the answer is none of them, but it's not like you could really logically pick between one or the other at this point. Yeah, this is this is on me, too. Uh, Fultonavich's ex-wife accused Fultonavich of uh, abuse and adultery, uh, so I think that he is probably off the, off list, the list as well. Didn't yes. pitch... Uh, in 2022 at all, not even in the minor league. So uh, we'll cross off Fulte. Then cross him off. On, on product, list. though. Um, so the list, uh, if we can go back and flash it, uh, the list is now down to uh, Chris Archer. Uh, nope. It's Michael Waka, Michael Pineda, Chad Cool, and Dylan Bundy. Are you asking me which players I would actually go to sign an actual major league contract to? Out of those five, if you had to pick one, I mean, is it is it Waka and Waka alone? No, I would say, excuse me, Dylan Bundy. Um, peripherals, just like Johnny Cueto, don't look great. They don't look great at all. He's 30 years old, though. He's got a live arm. He's been shipped out of the Orioles, the Angels, the Twins. And so you're like, what is, what's the thing with uh, Dylan Bundy? Firstly, Bundy in Chicago would kill. Number 33, if he gets signed here, it would do, it would have to be a requirement. Um, <laughs> secondly, he that's a married with children reference. There, it is Sean, Sean. for you. Oh, I'm sorry. Al Bundy, you know I, him. I, I was reading a super chat. I, I'm, that's on me. Yeah, uh, I do know Al Bundy. Yes. Okay, and, and his so, wife who had uh, big Peg. red hair. Yeah, Peg Bundy. Yeah, yes, um, Peg Bundy. But also young, and his peripherals don't look that bad. Like he has enough of a pitch mix that you can get back to. Okay, this guy only needs a little bit more tutelage in his uh, in his repertoire, and he'll be fine. Because last year, I thought the uh, numbers were looked really nice. They were like he had a run value of his slider was in negative nine. So if you oh no, his run value of his fastball, forcing fastball, is negative two. So if he can get back there and that with his uh, curveball, which is a negative two run run value, and have my guy. Uh, Ethan Katz, who we saw today in Georgia, helping out Dylan Cease. Maybe you can get Mike, uh, Dylan Bundy back on track to what the he was supposed to be with the Orioles or what the Angels thought he could be. And we remember a couple times last year when we went up to the Twins, the White Sox didn't have great success versus Dylan Bundy. So he knows the division and he knows the players in it. So I would say making a flyer on him, my number one would be Waka, but I would say Dylan Bundy would not be a guy I would uh, – snort at i would say oh this is not a guy that we can have as a fifth starter i think he'd be a perfect fifth starter especially to reset his market and having a bounce back year like we kind of did with johnny cueto last year i'm very excited for that to catch on as a new phrase he's not a guy i would snort at no <laughs> like, Ugh, that's, that's snorting at guys often all the time when i saw chris no, archer in there yeah god chris archer man he used to be like a rocket ship. And then, like, his first couple years, yeah. he was doing this play-by-play on the playoff games. I was like, man, he has a nice career going for him after he's done playing. I think he should get to it immediately because his pitching is pretty much toast. So that's funny. Uh, I was actually going to pick the other twin. I think Dylan Bundy's uh, hot garbage. Wow. Okay. Um, his fastball is pretty weak, uh, sitting 89. low 90 to 89. Yeah. Uh, Archer. Uh, minus nine run value on a slider last year. Uh, he throws it pretty hard, and that's the big thing with breaking balls. Uh, there's a study uh, that I just saw today about cutters, and it's like if you're not throwing over 85 miles per hour, your cutter 85 miles per hour, it's basically a garbage pitch. Like what makes those pitches effective is velocity. Archer still sits at like 89 at his on a slider. Um, his fastball isn't that great, but it's what else can you offer? And we saw that with Johnny Cueto. It was people really weren't sure what he was ever going to be offering him. 
Uh, and I think that Archer could really help himself. A big thing that Ethan Katz uh, is a proponent of is first pitch curveballs. Johnny Quay, or uh, not Johnny Quaydo, Chris Archer has thrown 4,260 first OO pitches, uh, pitches on an OO count. Mm-hmm. 124 of them are curveballs. It's a very small, small number. Very small. Uh, so I just think an increase in that uh, could possibly help Archer because then you're showing them another pitch. Hopefully you're getting it over for a strike, and then therefore um, it, it, you're, you're starting 0-1, and then that way your fastball doesn't have to do as much work. I think Archer could be saved just because the velocity hasn't fallen on a ton off like you know Bundy or some of these other guys we're talking but about. But what you're saying there, like, don't you think the Tampa, the Detroit, the Pittsburgh, and the Twins people saw the same thing that you saw and said, hey, man, you have a filthy curveball. You should start off the the bat with that a little bit more. It's a, it's Maybe he's just a, hard-headed. Maybe it's just like, you know, I know I know, I know how to do Chris Archer, and I'm going to do me. It's not even really that it's filthy. It's just more that, like, uh, what studies have shown is that OO pitches, when you're throwing a curveball, just most pitcher, or hitters just, 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 no, just uh, take it. Okay. Because it's they're not expecting that. Usually the first pitch is a fastball, a curveball, like you're not sure like where, where it's actually going to land up. I think just the timing of it throws you off. Um, there's a clip from Ethan Katz talking about it. Um, but, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's basically a free strike if you can. So he would be the, over the your plate. number one choice, or would it be Waka? Well, I don't know. Waka has the, the highest war, which is like the, the thing that I think most people gravitate toward, uh, towards. Uh, since 2020, uh, 46 games started for Waka, 252 innings, 2.6 war. Nothing wrong with that. I mean, uh, an ERA plus of 98, uh, so about league average. The White Sox, a fifth starter, a guy that could be league average, eat innings. That sounds like it would, you know the safest bet, low-key, is, is Waka. Archer seems a little too volatile because you're not sure, like, if that healthy. work would even, yeah, if that work would even, you know, improve his pitch mix and if he would even stay healthy. Waka's proven it over the last two years. And well, look, I, ahead, I think the main thing is you, you guys are talking about, oh, well, there's a, a, a risk with player X, a risk with player Y. Really... If you're talking about a minor league deal, there's not a risk at all. Sign all of them. See what you see go. if any of them are good, right? I mean, it, it, I'm down. honestly, it's it, it, at this point, it's not about oh my god, the White Sox need to find the one guy who will be good. Just throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see if anything sticks at this That's point, fair. because it's more about depth right now. There was a comment earlier that was Davis Martin is underrated, and for the results that he got last year, yeah. I mean, he was. I mean, Davis Martin showed. It, let's put it this way: if the White Sox went into this offseason saying Davis Martin did enough to uh, to get a shot at the fifth starter's job in 2023, I don't think anybody could argue with that. Nope. I think you could argue that. Well, why don't you just keep him as a sixth starter? He's very valuable there, and you'd be you'd have value there. But I I think the point now is if there is this mystery in which the White Sox need a fifth starter. Davis Martin can be that guy, or at least deserves the chance to be that guy. Um, so right now, it's about, okay, who's after Davis Martin? And that's basically what I asked Chris Getz earlier today, and he provided some names that are in the in the minor league system or are some of those guys that got invited to spring training that we talked about the other day. But when you hear those names, you're like, even if you like those guys, boy, I'd like to see that list be a lot longer. And I think that's what you see with this list of guys who are available, these free agents. Yeah, add as many of them to that list as you can because something's got to work of uh, uh, at, at some point in the season because uh, an injury is inevitable. And we'll get to that list from Chris Getz 
after the break. Got to let you know about our good friends over at ComEd. The ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve manage energy usage and lower energy bills. Now and into the future, ComEd offers a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across our territory. Customers can inquire about how to upgrade outdated lighting to energy and money-saving efficient LED lights, learn more about network lighting to operate your lights through your mobile device, and track your facility's energy usage and more. Incentives have recently increased for indoor-outdoor lighting and network lighting controls, making these projects even more cost-effective than before. So visit comed.com slash poweringbiz. That's comed.com slash poweringbiz. Now to start saving money and energy. And to start a project, contact us at 1-855-433-2700. For more information, email businessee at comed.com or publicsectoree at comed.com. Also got to let you know about our latest and newest uh, sponsor, our good, good friends over at Goose Island. Uh, Goose Island, (laughs) thank you, is Chicago's beer and has been Chicago's beer since 1988. CHGO is supported by Goose Island Beer Company and their beer roster includes, as you can see in front of us, the Blackhawks Pale Ale, which is a limited release, the Bulls City 312, which is a limited release, the Bourbon County Stout, which uh, at the Elston uh, over on Addison and Elston, basic, basically, uh, you can there's like four bottles left for $11.99 at the Jewel. Uh, so, hey, go check it out. Uh, Chris, I've been to that Jewel. It's good. It's a good Jewel. Yeah. I like the Jewel. I, I got my jewel. COVID booster at that Jewel. There you go. Yeah. Very nice. Uh, the Christmas IPA, what Herb's drinking, the Beer Hug IPA series, uh, the Green Line, the Matilda. There's also the Sophie. I found that at Target. Getting Ooh, a six pack. Good. I like that. Sophie? I, I like the Sophie. I, yeah. It had a citrus, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a saison, I believe. Oh, I don't know saison. if that's how you pronounce that. Maybe oh. I'm just being extra French. Saison. Yeah, or season in oh. French uh, refers to a beer brewed by the Belgian farmer, farmers in the winter for their seasonal summer. There you go. There you go. Very nice. Uh, yeah, I think it's a orange peel in, uh, in a wine barrel. Very nice. So it's a good. It's a good brew. You should check it out. And you should check it out. Check out all the beers from uh, Goose Island Beer Company. Uh, there is currently the takeover that's going to happen at the United Center on February 10th for the Blackhawks and Coyotes. When you buy a ticket, uh, you do get a shirt. I'm not even sure if there's tickets left. I know there was like three left. I heard there was two earlier today. Two, two left. All right, so there's two left. And then there were two. And and, and you could be uh, one of those two people. Uh, you can sit up in the. Goose Island section, which I think is like section 300. You get two drinks with it as long uh, as long uh, as well with the ticket. Um, and you get to go watch the Hawks and uh, Coyotes. So it should be a fun one with Goose Island and CHGO Blackhawks. Also, Goose Island has two locations. They're open and ready to welcome you. There's the tap room at 1800 West Fulton or the brew house at 1800 North Clybourne. For reservations and pickups, go to gooseisland.com slash locations, Goose Island Beer Company. Just before we start the next segment, sure. just want to remind people our our happy hour that CHGO White Sox is doing February eighth. You can drink a lot of Goose Island that day. Talk to us, gentlemen. We can have a nice conversation about the White Sox life. It's gonna be good Anything. times. Yeah. Anything? Yeah. You got, you got questions for Vinny and his uh, record collection? Ask away. I'll be able to walk over to the record collection and grab one for you off the shelf. You like. can just, you know, pick a random one. Just do a ra- another uh, no- random number generator and just pick one out. Uh, if you do want to become a diehard, too, go to allchgo.com slash diehard. Uh, the Cubs also have, I know it's Cubs, but, hey, it's baseball, too. Uh, the Cubs have a, uh, not a takeover. A happy hour. A happy hour uh, on the 1st. So uh, if you are looking to become Tomorrow. a diehard, uh, that is tomorrow, and you could uh, join the Cubs With guys. all those people right there on the TV yeah. if you're watching on YouTube. And the, they're great guys. I mean, great uh, guys. Luke's, Terrible team. 
Luke's awesome. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Cody threw a pout uh, after the White Sox beat his team up. Poor kid. Uh, but we love Ryan, Brendan, Corey, and our guy Jared, who, you know, is, a, is doing both Sox and Cubs. So there mm-hmm. you go. Um, Davis Martin, too, for your credit, or to your point, uh, very good uh, in his games outside of the October 5th one against Minnesota. Yeah, just throw that one right off the right out the window. No yeah, one cares about people, that one. That's like we said. Like, people are going to be looking at his ERA at the end of the year like, this guy, he sucks. Why are you having him as their fifth starter? Like, no, he actually had a pretty great year. And that, I, yeah, you could throw that one out. His ERA ballooned from 365 on the year to 483. Yeah. Um, so if you just leave that out, the first 13 games he played in, 365 ERA, 383 FIP, uh, 47 strikeouts to 17 walks. Beautiful. I mean, just dynamite. Uh, and then he blew up, quote-unquote, blew up against Minnesota. I don't really care. That was a, a meaningless game. But you talked to Chris Getz today, and he provided more names uh, of depth that are currently in the White Sox organization. So why don't we hear from Chris Getz uh, about the depth in the White Sox organization? And we got uh, Vinny's uh, question tagged along at the front. Chris, we saw Davis Martin play a pretty significant role last year. Who are some of the guys that you're looking at that might be in the upper levels of the minors right now that could be called on, you know, to be de facto sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth starters if you guys should need them at the big league level during the season? Yeah, I mean, the, the, obviously Davis was very valuable for us last year, and it's important to to have depth, um, you know, beyond your starting five. But like you said, that six, seven, eight um, becomes – you know, vital to, to navigate a season. I think Sean Burke has a, has a chance to kind of work into that mix. Um, you know, we signed some six-year free agents and Jesse Schultons and Nate Fisher. Uh, Matt Thompson is a guy that, that we feel like is trending uh, in a direction to, to help us. At some point, he's had an excellent offseason. We saw him um, closely recently in, in, in Arizona, um, you know, as part of a mini camp, and he looks really good. Um, you know, and then there's, there's always, you know, it's the beauty of every season. We'll have players that, uh, perhaps we, we don't necessarily anticipate getting into the kind of that starter depth mix. I know it's going to happen, but, uh, we feel pretty good about things where, you know, we're at that, you know, we, we can put names down to that seven, eight, perhaps even nine. We made a a claim yesterday, um, uh, with a, a right-handed starter, uh, that was from Minnesota, um, so we look forward to, to adding him to the mix. We like his starting potential um, and, you know, can provide depth for us as we, cause we, as we certainly approach spring training here. I love that Chris Getz uh, didn't know his name. Uh, it's just your teammates, AJ and Alexei. Come on. Uh, it's I mean, very easy to remember. And that, that 35th and Shields office. He's probably got like thousands of names going through his head. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> like, he, talked for, he talked for about 35 minutes today and said so many different names that uh, I'm going to go ahead and give him a pass on that one. I guess. And Dan uh, from 219, I don't have a good mustache, so no. Yeah, I will I, not be the mustachio trio. I'm not trying to copy you, and I didn't. I mean, I didn't. I didn't go below the lips. You know, I tried to keep it above the lip, above the line. Just the beard was getting, was going out, and it was going down. It just, just looked bad. So I had to just kind of restart it. You needed so. a, a clean slate. Yeah, I need yeah. a clean state slate. Um, and shout out to Ray. Uh, I've been listening to this podcast on Spotify ever since I first heard it. Uh, never seen Vinny before, and the stash was a big surprise. So uh, shout out to Ray. Thank uh, you for listening. <laughs> we that was good, a good surprise, I hope. I also, we try to mention the, the mustache as much as we can, too. Uh, I mean, it's it's one of the, it's like the fourth star on this podcast. Oh, and the super chat from Roscoe. I'm so sorry. I, I read that, um, and then I, I read it in my head, but we didn't actually read it on the show. Uh, I really, and $5 super chat from uh, Roscoe. Thank you, Roscoe. Uh, I really think... 
Clev pitches unless there's a video. They won't give him a ban. I doubt they cut him. Also, I wonder if we trade for a Royal. Uh, not sure if that Royal thing is going to pick up any steam or not. Um, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on what Roscoe Super Chat is. I, I'm, I'm not really sure how everything's going to go about it. There wasn't a video for Carlos Martinez. There wasn't a video you know, with the Bauer incidents, and, and both of those players got suspended. So uh, I just maybe wish. this is what... What what takes so long is just making sure they have every single piece of evidence. Whatever is just happens, and that's all I'll say about that situation. I don't, you know, I don't have a strong opinion on this show about that necessarily. I'll have one off the air, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I I definitely don't know what happens. So you know, whatever is just can happen with the um, MLB and the White Sox going forward with this whole Clevenger situation. Yeah, I I, I have no clue. What will happen? I, I hope, you know, that he doesn't pitch for the White Sox. I mean, I'll just, that's my opinion. Uh, Casey, is there, do you know about the happy hour? Is it sent to diehards in like an email? Uh, someone's wondering. Okay, so if you're a diehard, uh, it, there'll be a link on the homepage as well. Uh, and there, there should be an email link to you. Uh, Wolf Larson was asking if there's a link for the happy hour. Yeah. So uh, It's for diehards only. It is for yeah. diehards only. Right. So, so you it gotta, won't be like, so come on through. We won't be promoting it a ton. I mean, we'll be promoting it. Up until the eighth, so uh, sounds like a great reason to become a diehard. Oh right? yeah, hey, yeah. Uh, and hey, too, if you you're looking for something to do on February tenth, become a diehard, get twenty percent off to the take uh, the to the yeah to the takeover, uh, and then you get access to us on the eighth. So then what we got a week. To take, yeah, we got you taken care of on the eighth and uh, on the on the tenth. Uh, so let's go to some of the names though that Chris gets brought up. Uh, Matthew Thompson was one of the names that I thought was pretty surprising that he brought up. I brought up Nate Fisher, uh, who the White Sox uh, have invited to spring training. Jesse Schultons, who the White Sox have brought uh, invited to sh- uh, spring training. Uh, also uh, in there was... Sean uh, Burke, of course. Sean yeah. Burke and... AJ Alexi. AJ Alexi. Yes. Uh, Alexi. That, he, that, he, that he couldn't name. Uh, so those were the, the five other names, along with Davis Martin. Uh, Davis Martin clearly, I, I think, probably going to make the Major League roster. I would be proud... I mean, I'd be surprised if he didn't at this point. Well, we'll see. We'll see what their starting pitching looks like. I mean, I think that that's – let's put it this way. A week ago or two weeks ago when we thought that it was undoubted that Mike Clevenger would be a part of the rotation, I think I would have expected Davis Martin to start in AAA. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, we don't know, and we don't know what situation the White Sox are going to be in come the end of March uh, with their starting rotation. But I can tell you this, Davis Martin – is no lower than sixth on that depth chart. Um, the the question is who comes after him, and I think that's what we're uh, what what that's what I asked Chris Getz about, and I think that's what all those free agents were about as well. It's not necessarily who's going to replace a player that might not be there uh, come come opening day. I think it's how do you create a starting rotation that is deeper than five or six guys. Yeah, and those guys that you just named, I mean, they're all like Jesse Schultons. I looked at his numbers. It's like very impressive, very impressive uh, minor league stuff there where you just need depth. I don't think any of these guys we've named are going to be making the major league roster out of spring training. It's very limited time out there. The curveballs, the off-speed pitches usually don't work as well because of the dry air out there in Arizona. So very short period of time to impress the coaches to say, okay, this guy is going to be our fifth starter heading north. With Davis Martin, you already have actual results with him. You know him. You've seen him throughout his uh, college career and then through the White Sox system. So you know what you're going to get from him, consistency. And so... I think these guys would be great depth pieces for a minor league team like the Birmingham Barons and or the Charlotte Knights. It's always good to just have a bunch of pitchers. As Vinny said, 
just because you might have a Lance Lynn who is a little older and a little longer in the tooth go down for a certain amount of period. And all the rest of the pitchers, you if you have st- starting pitcher uh, health throughout the season, that's lucky. So out of this, I just want the White Sox to just have a, a nice bevy of people they can go to and say, okay, this guy's down on the IR or IL for like two weeks. We got to bring this guy up and we will be confident that he'll give us major league performance at this time, not blow us away, just major league performance where we can get uh, five innings out of him and possibly win a game when he's pitching. Well, and there's a few points I'd make, too. The last two years, the White Sox have had pretty good starting rotation health. Uh, you know, certainly at the end of 2021, they had a few IL stints there right at the end, and mm-hmm. certainly Carlos Rodon was a talking point up until the end of the playoff uh, appearance for the White Sox last year. You had Lucas go on the IL early. Michael Kopech was dealing with some stuff throughout the season. And then, obviously, the big Lance Lynn thing right there. Uh, uh, But, for the most part, the White Sox got away with having not that many starting pitchers because you take the four guys that you, quote-unquote, knew were going to be there in in Lynn, Giolito, Cease, and Kopech. Cueto basically replaced Lynn while he was hurt and then replaced Keuchel once Keiko was DFA'd and once once Lynn was ready to come back. And then Davis Martin just kind of plugged in when they needed him. And, and that is probably as close to how you would draw it up, knowing that all this stuff is going to happen throughout the season, as you could. Most teams, even the teams that win the World Series, need a lot more than just that number of pitchers, which mm-hmm. the White Sox basically used last year. So um, having a... a starting pitching depth that you can go really far down on that list and be confident is paramount. And um, I think most people would look at the White Sox and say they don't have that right now, but there's a lot of unknowns there. I don't think anybody could adequately judge that list that Chris Getz said today. At the same time, I remember asking Chris Getz basically the same question last year. Hmm. He didn't mention Davis Martin, and he and he mentioned four guys who ended up making a total of two starts. <laughs> Both of them were made by Jimmy Lambert, who those were his first two appearances of the season, and then he was a bullpen pitcher the rest of the way. Uh, he mentioned Tanner Banks, who ended up making the opening day roster, served as a long man uh, and, and a lefty in the pen. The other two guys never saw the major leagues for the White Sox. Cade McClure, who was just traded this mm-hmm. offseason uh, uh, for Gregory Santos, and then uh, Emilio Vargas, who I hmm? can't tell you I know exactly what <laughs> ended up with him, but uh, those guys uh, were the answer to Chris Getz's question last year. So the end of his answer from today, which was there are guys who surprise you and, and change your plans up, obviously that can happen, and there might be somebody who jumps up, who shoots up that depth chart in spring training and is all of a sudden this year's Davis Martin. Emilio Vargas in 2022, uh, 26 uh, game, or 19 games started, uh, 561 ERA. Um, one other name AAA. in uh, I think he played in two different leagues. Okay. So, but for um, the White Sox, yeah, yeah. for the White Sox, he, he's wearing a Charlotte Knights hat. Um, one other name you didn't bring up, Jason Billis uh, of Charlotte. Uh, probably didn't bring him up because he had a 6.30 ERA last year. He's on the 40 man, right? Um, but he's on the 40 man, 105 innings. Uh, so do you just want to bring his name up? He'll probably be in Charlotte. Uh, but maybe he's just a guy that eat in, eats innings in AAA. That's and, you know, it's a job. There's and value. I think there's two other names that definitely deserve to be brought up. They're being brought up in the comments. Dan mentions Jimmy Lambert and asks yeah. about him. Jimmy Lambert would like to be a starter. Uh, I think last year you saw him establish himself as an extremely valuable reliever. But 
uh, the White Sox pitching staff has some uh, really big question marks that not even they know the answer to right now in in what's going on with Mike Clevenger as well as uh, what's going on with Liam Hendricks. So uh, I think you Jimmy Lambert could factor into both those conversations, as could Garrett Crochet, who other Sean mentions. Um, as of last year, again, Garrett Crochet wants to be a starter. Uh, the White Sox, the, the message from the White Sox was that if he was going to be a reliever, and it certainly looked like he had a lot of value as a reliever for the White Sox at the time and, and moving forward, he could be ready sooner. Maybe he is ready for opening day if they put him in the bullpen. But if all of a sudden he needs, they need starting depth in a bad way and they want to make him a starter – it would probably be much further down the line, maybe even midway or, or further th- into the season until you'd see him ready to come back to the major leagues. But I would even look at that with some skepticism, oh, yeah. considering this is a guy who's never pitched as a starter professionally and had the entire final season of his college starting career wiped out by COVID. So you're talking about a guy who hasn't had a starter's workload in what, four years now at this point? Um, and And he probably didn't rack up a ton of innings then either. So you, it would probably be a pretty involved process at this point. Not saying it couldn't happen, and, and maybe they say, all right, we're going to sacrifice another year of Garrett Crochet on the major league roster so he can be a starting pitcher for us in 2024. I have That's just one of many ways it could go. Um, I, I Seriously think he's just a very valuable bullpen arm right now, and also it means they could take advantage of him sooner rather than later. His up, upside, too, of, uh, of at least Lambert. Um, crochet, I think it's such a huge question mark. I'm not sure what they're going to do. We'll see. I mean, that would be probably one of the big spring training questions for Rick Hahn. Um, but Jimmy Lambert, like, the big thing that he gained from moving from a starter to the bullpen was velocity. Yes. Um, his four-seamer gained about three miles per hour of velocity uh, just when he was moved to that. So being stretched out and going for longer, his effectiveness is probably limited. I, I don't think that there's a point when you see that Davis Martin has that ability to go five innings. And, you know, he had a little bit of a, uh, an iffy start in the, the first innings of his starts. But, um, you know, second through five second uh, the second through fifth inning he was pretty golden um I just think that I'd rather Martin or even Jesse Schultons uh this is a guy that we haven't brought up yet I can't find his pick pitch mix um he's a right-hander uh, has been with San Diego his entire career was drafted in the ninth round of 2016 uh same area as Tony Gonsolin uh, apparently uh ninth rounders both of them uh but he's made a ton of starts uh 37 games last year 15 starts 2021 21 games 20 starts um he's pitched over 100 innings since 2016 i think it was only 83 innings last year 83 um but uh i mean he he ended up pitching 15 more innings uh in the uh in a uh what's it called uh international league uh, this winter, this uh, summer. So, I mean, he, he eclipsed over 100 innings. Um, I'm not sure what his pitch mix is, but he might be somebody who is completely under the radar. We are not really sure what he is. He's 28, so they can really afford to throw Jesse Schultons to the Wolves, and maybe he survives. Uh, I'm where did sure. he pitch at last year? Did he pitch in El Paso last yeah, year with the Chihuahuas? I mean, down in the West Texas town of he, El Paso. If, he, <laughs> if he's pitching that well down there in that, in that league, I mean, he's definitely worth – bringing up and seeing what he can do. And to get back to the point of uh, Crochet and uh, Jimmy Lambert, just like Aloy Jimenez, 
I don't begrudge the people who want to do what they want to do. Aloy wants to play the outfield. These guys want to eventually be starters. Then that's probably what their mindset is. But it's always up to the general manager and all the baseball people and the manager to tell the guys, like, you know what? Sometimes your best option is to actually be in the bullpen, as you said. Jimmy Lambert gained three or four miles per hour on his fastball just because he knew, like, I don't have to have this for six innings. I just have to have this for one inning to get through these three, four batters that I'm facing and then go home, go uh, to the dugout and rest. I think Jimmy Lambert's best option, just like Ronaldo Lopez, which he was a starter initially, is to be a dominant bullpen guy. You still get broke off. You'll still get paid eventually if you are a top bullpen guy. And I want the major league staff to say to Jimmy Lambert, hey, man, it's not bad for you to have these aspirations and dreams to be a starter, but on our team, you're not going to be a starter, especially you, Garrett Crochet. We cannot do it. As Vinny says, what you would have to do with Garrett Crochet is throw him down in the minors and get the innings in because he has not pitched starters rotation minutes or pitches for at least four years. And so for him to get trained, he would have to do the same thing that Michael Kopech did in the 2020 or the 2019, 2022, 2021 season where Michael Kopech was the reliever slash spot starter. Sure, but Michael, Kopech, you don't want to, Michael Kopech had already had years a, a bunch of, of minor it. league uh, experience being a starting pitcher. Garrett Crochet has none of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I, I, for their, best, their best role for him would be bullpen. Hey, Garrett, we can't do it. Uh, if you want to be a starter, we'll have you down in the minors, but also that would hurt our major league club. Our best option, your best option, is to be a reliever on our uh, starter, on our rotation, or on our uh, team, and then we'll give you an opener or two to stretch you out, two, three innings, but not as a starter here in the major leagues. If you want to be on this team, you got to be a reliever. Well, and I know that it's it's t- a t- very tough situation with Liam Hendricks currently going through his treatment for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, uh, but I do wonder the effects of that because now I feel like that might push Reynaldo Lopez into that closer spot. Not entirely sure, but if it didn't, if Liam was fully healthy and he was there, I do wonder if they even think about Reynaldo Lopez. Like, I think his biggest issue really wasn't like, you know, his fastball, you know, losing zip or anything like that. It was he couldn't see. He couldn't see, yeah. Um, So now having LASIK, I do wonder if Reynaldo would have had the ability to stretch out. But I feel like they probably want to keep him in the bullpen. So uh, just very interesting the way that this is all uh, going around. And, you know, we're we're trying to figure it all out. A lot of pieces that the White Sox uh, have to figure out who could be their fifth starter. Um, It's why the Athletic probably gave him an F. For their offseason, uh, we didn't get to that. Uh, we'll wrap it up uh, before we get into that topic. But, uh, yeah, I know a lot of people were upset about that. But what are you expecting? Uh, it wasn't a, wasn't a grand offseason. Uh, you spend the, the, the most you ever have at a free agent. But uh, the Clevenger stuff just puts you down in the dumps no matter what. They got two guys in the free agency. I don't see the problem with the grade of an F. I would say that other teams deserve an F. Not only the White Sox, which the Athletic gave only the White Sox a failing grade, but I don't see the qualm. And it was James Fegan himself who gave him an F. And he, I think he was right. Just to have one player that you know is going to be in the lineup, and I love Adrian Benintendi, but if that's your representation for this offseason, it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough to convince people that it's not a failure of this uh, offseason, even though... I don't blame Rick Hahn and all the rest of them for the signing of Mike Clevenger because at the time they didn't know what was going down with him. At least from what we know. Uh, yeah. I mean, not, not not sure, at least. you know, That's it's, what it's, they say. That's what, yeah, you, that's what they say. That's what you got from your uh, agent friend, too, that they're bound to secrecy. Uh, 
not telling people like the teams right, or other people. I mean, did the White Sox? I mean, the White Sox could have done a little bit more of their own due diligence. I Let's mean, it, it is possible that they didn't know and that the the MLB didn't tell them. But uh, that we, we we can end the podcast. Uh, that's Vinny Duber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Eckermall twenty three. Nice socks, by the way. I like your polka dots. Thank you. Little Herb's busting out the good socks yeah. again. Yeah. And, and they're a little red, pink, purple. He's got a nice little gradient there. Orange, look at you. Uh, follow him on Twitter. It's the only at- color I wear on my socks, so you guys can see it. What, gray? <laughs> no, I don't wear you know black and gray all the time up top. Mm. And my socks got the color in it. Uh, like like my hat, you're always, you know, switching them out, keeping it fresh. Uh, I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Thank you, everybody, for hanging out and watching with us today. We'll be back tomorrow at 4 p.m. Thank you to Stephen Nicholas for producing the show. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Go Sox.